Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Well, hi, everyone. It's Wonderful Wednesday, if I don't say so myself, uh, because I love the show, and we have a good one for you today. I have a request for healing today by someone named Jim, and he's online. I want to say hi, Jim. I'm not going to put you through on the mic quite yet, but I want to say hello and welcome, and thank you for this opportunity for me and for the other listeners. Uh, Anyway, um, I want to just say it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. Now, if you do want to call in, either just to listen or to ask a question or you know, make a comment, whatever you'd like to do, please do so. The number is 646-668-8565. Again, it's 646-668-8565. Or if you would like to communicate by email, you don't have an opportunity to call in, you're at work or you're listening to the show as an archive and it's not live, please, 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 please feel free to email me with anything, a comment, a question, a request for healing, something you'd like to learn or like to hear what the higher selves have to say about some issue, please give me a call and uh, or give me an email. It's Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Again, it's Janet, J-A-N-E-T, rich, uh, at JanetRichmond.com. Um, so please, Contact me. Let me know what, what's going on in your mind, what's going on, what you're thinking about, what you want to know, where you're confused, what you need help with, whatever. Okay. Now, I want to quickly give a brief feedback from last week. Last week, if you recall, Suzanne had written in because her grandmother had fallen and broken her hip. And then when they were doing surgery on the hip, she had a heart attack. And so she, you know... She had like double the issues going on. So uh, Suzanne had asked me to work on her and it was a perfect, perfect opportunity to deal with two issues, the elderly and the caregiver. So I actually worked on both on air. Uh, Now the grandmother, I did bring the grandmother in, but she was on the side. I I worked more on the conglomerate elderly issues and the conglomerate caregiver issues than I did specifically on the grandmother. But I kept checking in and I could see that a lot of work was going on for her, that she was getting a good healing, which would be the expected thing. And so I felt pretty good about it. Now, I will uh, let you know what Suzanne said. She said an update on her grandmother was that she was released from the hospital and she's gone into the rehab center uh, where she'll be living. And she's actually closer to her husband, Suzanne's grandfather. They were having, um, the grandmother was afraid of being alone. So being in the same rehab facility with a with a grandfather is actually a really good thing. I don't know if they're in the same room. Suzanne didn't tell me about that. But I'm really excited to hear that she's at least out of the hospital and in a better situation uh, with the rehab. And she said she would, Suzanne would keep me posted as when she knows things she hasn't yet seen her grandmother, so she's 
can't give me any direct feedback. Now, she also said that she could really relate to the resentment issue I brought up, and I don't remember all the issues that came out. There were a lot of them, as I recall. I do recall that resentment was there, was there, and Suzanne said she could relate to that because she'd been feeling resentment, too. And, you know, there's resentment all over the place. We all carry it in some way, shape, or form, so I'm glad Suzanne could relate to that, and hopefully she was going full-on with the neutralizing at that point. Um, she said that her mom had a cold and had gotten a cold. If you recall, the mother was, was doing the night duty all during the week because she was the only one not working. And that was in, a concern of Suzanne to have the mom be doing that every night. Suzanne worked, so she was you know, unable to do it because then she wouldn't be able to function at work. So she felt guilty and felt really bad about the fact that she wasn't taking a more... Uh, intense role or more active role, although I'm sure she she was doing all she could do. And so I worked on the caregiver issues, too, and of course, Suzanne was part of that, as, as anybody and everybody who's ever been in that caretaking role was part of that, because I did a conglomerate caretaking situation or healing. And she says that she herself is feeling a lot less like she needs to assume responsibilities for problems that other people are dealing with. Now, of course, because it's her family, she wants to be there. She wants to take responsibility. But what we don't want is the knee-jerk reaction that immediately it's someone, oh, it's my, it's my responsibility. I have to do it, and I have to do it all. It's those kind of knee-jerk reactions that we put on ourselves, that we have over the eons of time in all of our journeys, we've taken on responsibility for others in times where, you know, we can't, we have limits, we have boundaries, we are unable to do it all. And Suzanne couldn't do it all, but she still felt guilty. And so she said that uh, since the healing, she's feeling more accepting of her emotions, and she's able to allow them to come up up for herself um, before she would have repressed feeling resentment or feeling guilt or whatever she was feeling. And, and would repress it and wouldn't even sort of allow it to come up. Now, it doesn't mean she acts on those, but she feels more comfortable with herself. We all have those feelings. If we repress them, it, in a way, it doesn't help because they stay there. They're, they continue to maintain a presence and draw in other situations and conditions that will just feed them and empower them. So she's She's taking some really good steps to allow herself to look at them. And then once looking at them, she's going in and neutralizing them, and she's feeling a lot better. So I'm very excited about that. Now, I was going to talk about something else, but but the request for the healing today is from Jim. And he only can be here the first hour. So instead of doing what I was going to do before, I think I'm going to connect with him right away. He can listen to the archive show, but, and I'm hoping, of course, Jim, that you will, <laughs> but, um, you know, because it's good to listen to them over and over again. And that brings up another issue that I want to talk about. I think I'm going to talk about it just very briefly, then I'm going to come to you, because I had a whole nother thing that I was going to do today, but I'm not going to do it. Maybe at the end, depending on how long the healing is. But one of the things that occurred to me just last week. Now, I feel like an idiot sometimes because 
I didn't say, I haven't said this. I've implied it, I've talked around it, but I haven't said this. And, and this is the deal, guys. If you listen to this radio show every week and, and or the archived radio shows every week or three times a week, you can skip the verbiage and all the other stuff I talk about. If you've heard it before, you're not interested, just go right to the healing part. You guys are getting consistent work on your energetic field. You are consistently clearing. If you go through the healing, the neutralizing process, and the empowerment process with me every week, whether it's, again, live, online, and you never do any work on your own, you are, in essence, clearing and neutralizing and processing and dissolving a lot of your issues. Even if you don't, even if you're looking at the archive shows and you see something on some issue or some topic that you don't feel is relevant to you, still go in and do that healing. And I'm telling you why, because we carry virtually everything. We carry every single issue because we have been around for eons of lifetimes. Contrary to popular belief, it's not about just a few or a couple of dozen or even 50. We've been around for thousands and tens of thousands of lifetimes. So we have every issue. Now, everybody would have it in a different degree. So all the way from just hardly anything to all the way to really extreme. But most of us are somewhere in between. But when, And when you put all the different issues together, we are so unique because the combinations and permutations are to the infinite degree, we none of us are the same, but we all carry these common elements. So even if you come across or you hear that I'm going to have an, a thing on elderly or caregiving, and that's not relevant in your life. You know, you're young, your parents are young, both your grandparents have already died or, you know, they live across the world or something, and you have no, you know, you'll never be a caregiver, whatever it is. You think it's not relevant to you? Trust me. Haven't we all gone through being elderly in our own past lives? Haven't we all been caregivers in some way? Of course we have. So even those issues that you don't think are relevant for you, do it anyway. Because what happens with all this clearing, if you do it on a regular basis, it's a preventative. It's going to prevent you from getting, bringing in something down the line. Or if you do bring something in, it'll come in much less intensely. So today we're working on Jim. He has had a situation, which I'll have him explain, that relates to cancer. Now, years ago, when I was in Joan's, Joan Culpepper's group, there was a woman, uh, I'll call her Erin, uh, oh, that's not her real name, but but she stood up in front of the group and she started the group out by saying, well, I, I want you to know that I only have brain cancer. Well, I'm sitting in the group, you know, listening to her and I'm going, what does that mean? And I'm like freaked out. And she goes on to explain, and this whole story is actually in my second book, where she talks, she's in her 60s, I think, 70s maybe, or late 50s, I'm not sure exactly, but she's had decades of endless illness patterns, endless endless, 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 and including, I think, four or five different cancers. So what she meant by that statement is, ah, it's not a metastasy. This is a brand new cancer. It's 
only brain cancer, okay? That's what she meant, but we didn't get it right off the bat. Well, she had joined Joan's group. She found out about the neutralizing. When she got diagnosed, she, she had to have surgery, and it was scheduled for like four or five weeks in the future. And she went in, and she went to these um, these three uh, friends of hers who were all using the higher self neutralizing technique. And she went in, and they spent once a week for five weeks, and they neutralized, neutralized, neutralized. Now, the higher self said when she first went in, went to them that she hadn't yet decided whether or not she was going to live through the surgery. And she uncovered one pattern after another each of these weeks. It was unbelievably, really believable, intense, many, several of which she had no conscious knowing, no understanding of in her life now. But they found those deep-rooted things from, built from experiences that, you know, the unremembered remembrances from other lives by the after the last healing, the higher self came in and said that she had made the decision to live through the surgery. Now, here's the point. I'm sitting there, as most of us in the room were also thinking this, like, oh my God, I don't want to wait till I get cancer, till I get anything bad to to then start neutralizing because the neutralizing she did didn't affect all the other I mean, it didn't prevent all the other things she'd had in her past in this life. She had all those illnesses, including some serious mental illness. I mean, it was an intense pattern. So I'm thinking, I don't want to wait. And it was that, that session, that class with that wonderful lady, Erin, who taught me to be proactive just dive in, and this is what I'm encouraging all the listeners to to do. Dive in. Do all the preventive work. If you have an ongoing issue, maybe work harder on that You know now, but do all the preventive work. And it just is amazing how much it helps. I started it being part of groups. You know, you, you, you plan a group or you have a buddy or you or now you have the radio show. It can be your, your buddy, you know. You can really start to change your outer reality and work by working to clear. And this is free, guys. You don't have to pay anybody. It's free. And I'm just, I still am a part of a group. I'm just encouraging everyone to use this treasure. It's really a treasure, all these shows. You know and I'm sure there are other people who do shows like me that are also treasures. I'm not saying I'm the only one or, hey, aren't I the biggest, bestest. And it has nothing to do with that. It's saying this is an opportunity for you, and I only encourage you all to please take this opportunity so that you can prevent things and whatever is not totally prevented will come in with less of a hit. Less of a hit. And... I'm still working on it, and I still get new patterns that I carry that I'm, like, amazed. Just this week, I came up with a pattern that was I never have worked on it, never seen it to any client. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It was huge. But I'm not going to talk about it now because I blabbered on, and we have Jim for this hour, and I've already used, what, 15 minutes or whatever it is. So I'm going to go to you, Jim, now and turn on the – and I'm sorry for that distraction, but I just – when I realized I'd never really talked to you guys like that and encourage you to use this to prevent, to 
to really change your lives, even if you don't do anything yourself. Of course, if you do stuff yourself, you're definitely going to get more acceleration. But even if you don't, this is a huge thing. Okay, so I'm now putting Jim on mic. Hello. Hello Hello there. Thank you, and hello to everybody. (laughs) Thanks to you, Jim, and I'm, I'm really sorry to hear about the situation you've been going through. Why don't you tell the listeners what has happened, and maybe you can even give some background on yourself if you like. Okay, sure. Uh, my name is Jim. I work in primarily right now, I mean, it's, and Janet, it is so good to reconnect. It's probably, I don't know how many years, it's been a number of years, So, and what you just said was so fortuitous. Um, so I work in spiritual addiction recovery. I am in, I want to say, five recovery centers, and then I'm in some intensive outpatient programs, four intensive outpatient programs, a sober living community, and then I see one-on-one clients. Nice. So if you look at if you look at what I do in life, I am working with those who are going through chemical substance abuse where they are getting off their drugs of choice and they're getting back on life. So I like it. I like it. Yeah. We need so people that, like you, Jim. I, thank you. And, and we need people like you. You, uh, you what The work you do is amazing. So a week and a day ago, you know, on St. Patty's Day, I had my a uh, a large mass slash growth. They wouldn't they wouldn't put a label on it yet. So a large mass slash growth, which I named Groff, um, was removed. So on Where St. Was Patty's, it? um, it was and it was fully it was it was in it was in my left kidney. Okay. And if you were to if you were to see a picture of it after removed, it doesn't look like a kidney. It looks like a heart with this black mass in it. And then within the mass, you can even see the dark vascular system of the tumor. Okay, not a pretty picture. And, yeah, right. It's not a yeah. It's 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 like a heart with a black hole. Um, and it was it was discovered incidentally 22 days earlier. Um, last year, I got rear-ended by a semi. Um, just a second, let me. I have a uh, send that. I got rear-ended by a semi, and as a result of a semi, I've had some lower back pains. And um, as a result of the lower back pains, pains, the physical therapy has not been able to to heal that. So they scheduled me for an MRI. And um, and I went in for an MRI on a Monday, and the MRI was scheduled like a month out. So by the time I got there, I went in on a Monday, and I went in really early. I think it was at like 7, a little after 7. And then I had the follow-up appointment at 8.30 with the doctor. And when the doctor came in, the doctor, very big eyes, looking at me. She wasn't her normal, pleasant self. And she says, we're not worried about your back. We've discovered a large, dark mass in your lower left kidney. That sounds kind of like the what all of us dread, you know, that bad news, you know. 
So my heart right. goes out to you. Yeah. It, right. And so basically the next day I went and got a CT scan, and the CT scan showed that what was my left kidney was now this large, dark mass. And um, they said because of the type of of what usually grows in there, that it quite literally, um, it was most likely renal cell carcinoma. Okay. And and then, um, and, it, and it's it's quite interesting because in the field of what I do, I was just looking at my experience of my thoughts as I was going through this. Um, and I wrote an article last week about it. I actually published it on Monday saying that um, it was the most fascinating thing has been watching how the mind is in the face of a large dark mass that they will not, they would not use the C word at the time. Um, it's since the biopsy has come back and it was, I, I did have renal cell carcinoma um, and we basically scheduled it to be to be removed on St. Patty's Day, and in the 19 days when we looked at it, that's when I went to the gym. I did a lot of cardio. I did some weight work. I basically got in the best shape I could, so that as I went through this procedure, as I went through this procedure, um. What was there for me was to be as you know to be as as mentally and physically fit, and then also what I'm doing now with the spiritual, so that I could heal this. Well, I like it. You did kind of the shotgun approach, which is what was my view. Do whatever feels important to you, whatever comes up for you, and because they all work together, even if it's you know a lot of different things. So I yeah. think that's that's really great, Jim. And I want everybody to know that when he wrote his, when when Jim wrote his email to me, he says, "I'm looking to heal the betrayal of betrayal or self worth issue, so it does not return." And I mention this because it just hit me really clearly that Jim, that you, Jim, understand very very consciously that you are responsible for bringing this in. And that's important yes. for um, for all of us, that we all understand that we aren't victims. It's our soul, this is kind of the way our soul talks to us. If we don't yes. get some messages early on, it, it can't pick up the phone, it can't text or email. And so what it does is, and remember your soul is you, is that you bring something in that kind of forces you to take a look, that forces you to become aware. So what Jim is doing yeah. is that what, what what I'm encouraging everybody to do is use it as an opportunity to go in and really get going, neutralizing whatever those issues, whatever those misunderstandings, those hurts, those wounds, whatever, and we'll discover what 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 this is for Jim, at least we're going to get part of it because one healing never is going to get all of it, but it, we're going to get a good leg up on it. So, Jim, now do I understand that you have um, you have you have to leave after an hour, right? At the end of the hour. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have to leave in about a half hour. And we can move this to next week if that would, you know, if we don't get it completely done because I am I'm really committed to getting cuz if I do not heal this um, you know, um, well, we're not going to go there. We're gonna, you're going to heal it, okay? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm going to heal it. Yes, because yes, it's, it's not going to return. Because it's like one of the reasons I am here and one of the reasons I reach out to you is because um, is that I do want this healing. Yes. Yeah, I want it for you. And um, now I want to just say that we can certainly work on it next week, but you do you, you do have access to the archives, Correct. Yes, and I will be listening to the entire show. Yeah, and I. Okay, it's okay, my good. own for today. Yes, I I messed yeah. up. No, no, I know he you you missed you kind of goofed up with it um, the difference in the time, and that's fine. But I want to just say that I'm just going to start, and I'm going to go as long as it takes me, instead of just artificially cutting it off because I know you can hear the archive. Doesn't mean that yes. you can't work on it again. And I would encourage you to listen to it several times because each time you listen to it, you're going to go to deeper layers. And and don't forget, you can pause it if other things. <clears throat> I mean, you are working in the self-help field, so to speak, <coughs> as a life coach. So chances are things will come up for you that I don't say. But that doesn't mean that you can't very well pause it and start to release those things too, and you get those uh, neutralized and, and going through the healing as well. You know, you can direct the healing. So yeah. we, you don't need you or anyone don't need to be passive. You can absolutely work yourself, and and this is a way too that that you can. You might have an issue that I've never talked about on the radio. So you just get the do the amalgamation with me, pause the thing, and just keep going on whatever you want to work on. You see what I mean? So, but I've yeah. covered a lot of issues over the years. So hopefully, most of the things I have dealt with at some point. But again, you can be your own well, directing identity and and do whatever. So, does that all sound okay to you, Jim? It, that's, that sounds so beautiful because I know that there is a very spiritual source to this. And I am committed to doing the work it takes to heal. Okay, cool. Great. Well, I hear you. And um, I, you wouldn't have reached out if you weren't. So I'm, um, I, I feel really good about it. Now, I'm going to put you on mute. And when you leave, I'll see that you've disappeared off the screen when I'm done with the healing. Because chances are I'm going to go past the, you know, a half hour. Uh, Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, so, I'll, so you'll be gone. But anyway, thank you. I'll say up front, thank you for calling. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to work on this for everyone. And I'll, I'll be calling in other people with cancer. I'll be calling in others, too, that that the healing can help. So it, it really is an opportunity to bring it to many people. Okay? And, and I would love to do that because that okay. will have this whole experience be able to maybe so someone else does not have to experience this. Exactly. It can be a help to prevent, you know, prevent stuff for whether it's cancer or anything else, some other sickness, it can help others in a preventative sense or they experience and maybe they get it early and it's, it's 
it's so early that they don't have to lose the whole kidney. I mean, I'm just making this up, but you know what I'm saying. You just don't know. They could, right. Yeah, it, it can help right. in so many ways to lessen the impact or prevent it all altogether. Okay. So, so beautiful. And, thank and what you, I'm Ken. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to actually go on and listen. I'm going to go off the phone here and listen from the the because um, I have it going on the computer too. So my phone oh, will drop right. off, but I'm still listening. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, good. All right, oh, okay. we'll be in touch. I'll be in touch with you. Okay. Thank Thanks. you. Okay. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. What am I? Um, okay. So, Jim, I'm not sure if you've been listening to the shows. So I'm going to talk to you. As if you haven't, we always have new listeners anyway. So in general, I'm just encouraging everyone to make themselves comfortable, to find a place where you can really focus, uh, focus on the healing. And even though, again, I'm working on Jim, everyone is going to be present at the healing and everyone is going to be able to release the same issues that I call out and that I discover uh, that the higher self lead me to that are related to Jim and his cancer. So even though you don't have cancer, even though you think you'll never have cancer, release the issues because those same issues may not bring in a medical issue for you. They could bring in some other kind of problem or they could be playing out already in some other uh, problem. So everyone, make yourself comfortable. I encourage you to shut the eyes because it's the focus of attention that is the turn-on switch. So I'm going to have have us all begin to focus on my voice. Just start to focus on my voice. What we want to do is we want to bring that mind's eye in from its wandering that, that happens to all of us to bring it in to you to to activate and activate the focus of attention and use it. And we're going to start by focusing on and becoming one with and moving into the now moment. Okay, and I'm seeing the now moment popping up. There are a lot of people here I can tell that are listening that are that know about the now moment because the group energy immediately set up a now moment that is encompassing the totality of all those that are present. And again, it's the past, present, and future listeners that we will that we are uh, including in this healing. The now moment is an energetic field. You, I use the focus of attention. Uh, I use my voice as a simple technique to focus on the voice to bring the mind's eye in. There are other techniques, and I used to use the one where you focus on the physical body and it positions it, it's in, and all of that. When you hear the past, some of the past. Uh, radio shows, you would know that, but uh, you will find out. But in any case, right now, just focus on the voice. Allow whatever's in the background to be in the background, but keep your focus right on the voice. We've activated this now moment. It is an energetic field, and we can expand that energetic field with that focus of attention. That focus of attention is, as I said, the turn-on switch, and I'm watching it already expand, and that's what we're going to do. We're expanding the energetic field of the now moment to have it become a much larger moment. 
we want it to encompass the totality of all the past nows, the present now, and the future nows. And as it's expanding, it's moving to encompass the totality of the soul's journey for each and every person that's present in this healing, again, past, present, and future. So if somebody is listening in the future to an archive show, they are also part of this what I now call, what I call the forever now moment. So the forever now moment is encompassing the totality of all that we are, the totality of the physical expressions that we've carried from the time we were minerals to the time to the future now. It, it also encompasses the totality of the soul, which carries all the energetics, all the beliefs, all the hurts, the wounds, the thoughts, the ideas, the misunderstandings, the misconceptions, the emotions, everything. So this forever now moment is encompassing so much. It is huge. In my mind's eye, I can barely, 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 I mean, it's just like I can barely, I can't even see the ends, okay? It's it's a very, very large uh, energetic field. I call it the time-space continuum. I call it the time continuum because it encompasses time from the start when we were first expressed as mineral souls all the way to the future now. And so the time involved is enormous. It would feel like an infinity to us because even our journey just in the human kingdom is enormous, enormous. So when you pull in the other past nows and the future nows, we're talking an immense amount of time. So this continuum of time is enormous. The space is enormous as well because we've been as minerals and plants we are whatever planet we were given birth to as a mineral we're on that same planet through the plant kingdom once we move into and evolve into the animal kingdom we are moving to different planets and so we've been from between the animal nature and the and the human nature or evolutionary periods we've been on hundreds and thousands of planets it is a very long journey. So the space itself is huge. And it it goes across this universe, known and unknown, in this huge space. Because remember, it is taking in the space of all of us present. So this is a huge energetic field. We bring it into existence. We focus on it. We give birth to it. We activate it, not just to be, oh, isn't this cool, but because it allows the healing to reach the very deepest levels possible because we're bringing in the totality of the soul's journey for each and every one of us, uh, especially today for Jim. But again, it includes all of us. Um, we bring in the totality of the soul's journey so that the healing can be as deep as possible, knowing that as a human, we're living in the free will kingdom and we are, is the soul that carries the free will. So it is the soul that is going to determine how much it's going to let go today, how much it's going to allow to itself to release. And the, but whatever it does release is going to be he, you know, neutralized, dissolved, and it'll be permanent. It will not come back to haunt. But what it does is every time you do a big release, you're going to find other layers bubbling up. And that's why I encourage the heal, you know, listening to the healing again and again. The soul is so used to its patterns. It's carried them for so long that it's 
nervous about releasing too much at once. Um, and that, that's more complicated than that, but just take that on the superficial level. So the soul is determining how much for each and every one of us. I can't trespass. I can't force, nor would I ever do that because the soul is absolutely in charge. It's its own directing identity. And even though we may not know, we can't pick up the phone and ask the soul, it is us who are making the decisions. And so uh, slowly but surely, you become more and more in touch with what is driving you and helping the, the driver to be to, to clear away some of the the dark glasses and the misunderstandings so it can do a better job of driving, so to speak. So anyway, we're going to, that's why we're in this forever now moment. We're in this so that we can really access the totality of the journey, not just one incident or one life or one anything or three things. We're accessing the totality of the journey. Okay, so now... All right, I'm just tuning in. We've got the forever now moment. I want everyone to focus on the pure soul essence. That's that part of each and every soul that from the moment in time we're born into the mineral kingdom, we carry that pure soul essence. I liken it to the DNA that we carry in every cell from our parents. It is from the originating source. It is the totality of all that originating source was, is, and is becoming. And we have a constant and uh, eternal connection to that, that pure soul essence. And I want everyone to see it, feel it, sense it, or imagine it as our own internal sun. We use symbols a lot in this work because we can focus more easily on a symbol than some sort of general energy idea or concept because we're in this material world where we're used to touching, seeing, feeling, tasting, smelling. So we're going to imagine a sun within. And the sun is so powerful in its own right. I love that as a symbol for the pure soul essence. It is this divine light that does the work of neutralizing. And it is by focusing on it that we invite it in, that we say, because we've always had it. It's been with us for eons of time. But we, for most of our journey, we weren't aware that it was there. And even if we were aware, we didn't really understand, perhaps, of how to use it and what can it do for us. So that's why I'm very long-winded when I explain all of this because I want everyone to focus on it and I do see the now the light is pulsing it's becoming stronger and stronger and stronger it's moving in through and around the totality of all of us the physical bodies the minds of this life and and the soul the totality of the soul process throughout this forever now moment and I see the forever now moment becoming brilliant It is filled with this very powerful light. And as I always see, there are multiple souls, millions, I would say. I'm not good with numbers, but it just seems like countless, I can say countless numbers of souls coming to partake of the light. Many of them, if not most, are not aware that they carry their own light or if they are, how to use it exactly. And they come in and they take of the light because this light is everything that originating source was, is, and is becoming. So it has something for everyone. No matter what a soul is ready to partake of, it will. It's there for it. 
So if, if the souls are just taking turns, they're just moving forward in line after line, partaking of this light. It's a very inspiring kind of sight, and it makes um, it makes what we do spread to, and remember this forever now moment, is crossing the universe, so it's affecting a lot of souls everywhere. Now, the... The next part is that we become aware of the higher selves. These higher selves are parts of ourselves. They are uh, parts of our soul, soul aspects that have evolved into a higher frequency level. The details on how the soul goes through the evolutionary process are large, and it's going to be in one of my future books. But right now, just understand that there are parts of each and every listener that have already evolved into a higher frequency level, a frequency level that has moved outside of the free will and is also within the divine will frequency, which means we also, even though they're part of us, we have to invite them in, the higher self aspect, to help us. Now, because they are part of us, they have the seat within, there should be, or hopefully would be, a comfort level with this energy field, that it is, feels like you, and that they have been impressing you in many different ways, shapes, and forms throughout your life. You may not have understood that that's where the, the ideas or the thoughts or the insights or whatever came from, but they impress us all the time because they are us. We have a choice at the Free Will Kingdom to listen, to hear, to act on, to do anything. We have the choice, but they do impress they do, because they are us, we do get messages, so to speak. So, uh, but again, we have the choice. So there should be a familiarity, familiarity. And I'm asking that all of us amalgamate with the totality of the higher self, the conglomerate higher self that are present today for the healing. That means amalgamating with your own by amalgamating, you're inviting them in, and with mine and with everybody else's, so that it's a conglomerate energy field. And I'm calling in uh, other higher selves to join with us today, and there's just a huge amount of um, fifth-dimensional uh, divine help here. There is a huge amount of help. So the... Um, okay... So the next step and the last step in the amalgamation process is to become one with, to invite in the originating source of all there is. Now we are always connected, but by asking for the amalgamation with the originating source, with its totality, we are in essence guaranteeing that we're always going to be working at the very highest level in this healing. The Everything that we are doing is going to be de-intensified down from the originating source and it will move in and every single person present, including Jim, will be taking in and utilizing the information, the energy, whatever is being offered, whatever is being given at the very highest level that each individual can handle. And we do not want to work at lesser levels. I mean, why? You know, if we are an expert tennis player, we're unless it's our child or 
whatever to get really strong practice and to improve our game. We're going to be wanting to work at people who at least can play the game at our level. And so that's the thing. Our intention is to do this healing again at the deepest, best level possible, the highest level we can do in this moment in time. And so we invite in the originating source of all there is. Now, I do see that we have been moved into what the higher selves have explained or um, to me as the womb, in, in quotes, of originating source. It is a gigantic energy field. I saw it first as this dark energy, but it was not dark in the sense of any kind of negativity. It was dark in the sense of unenlightened, unexperienced, and originating. It was the beginning energy that gave birth to the universe. And it's that's why I see it as the womb. It carries creative life force energy, a very powerful divine energy that we all carry. It, and it innately has the desire to create, to express, to discover, to become, to give birth to. And it was this energy that generated over an eons of time, it generated more and more and more. And in any case, eventually it gave birth to the universe. Now, we're moving into this womb of energy. Even though we already carry it, it's as if we're moving into a gigantic pool of this birthing energy because we want to give birth to the healing at the highest level. And so while we're working to neutralize and dissolve, this energy is working to empower, to empower the healing, to give birth to the each soul. Jim, of course, is the one I'm working on, but each soul that's involved at the higher level, at the more balanced level, at the healthier level, at the whatever level that we happen to be working on. And so I can't see everything simultaneously, but it's being worked on simultaneously. We are working on the empowerment simultaneously to the neutralizing and the dissolving. So what I'm seeing now is, um, well, first, I I already had put, said I was going to call in others, and they're already here. There are many, many other people that have moved in and become part of this forever now moment. They have been fully amalgamated, and they are others that can be uh, utilizing the energies, even though they may not have, be here in consciousness, they're still getting the healing. And these are others who uh, are at the soul level wanting to have the healing and making the decision to join us today. And there's many, many, many of them. Okay. Now... Right now, uh, if you're not familiar with the the wheel analogy or image or symbol that I use now virtually every week, I see us all in a in the forever now moment, and we're all standing in symbolically what could be called the rim, the rim of one of those old-fashioned wagon wheels, and we're all standing on the rim. And the reason the rim is a great place for us to be standing is it really indicates that we're all equal. There isn't anyone on this rim that's any better or any less than anyone else. We're all in this together. We all have patterns and issues. We all carry the pure soul essence. We're all powerhouses. We all are equal in every way. We're as pure and perfect as each other. So we're standing on the rim. Now, 
I'm activating the rainbow bridge energy that sets up the connection from the all of our chakras to the chakras of originating source and automatically brings the chakras into the very highest level possible. It makes it as efficient as possible for each individual. And it's important because chakras have energy exchange points. They Energy moves in and energy is released out through the chakras. So we want them to be efficient. If we're releasing, we want to release out of the chakras. If we're bringing in divine energies, we want them to come in. And we want those channels as clear as possible to allow for the releases and the incoming help. So... So we're, we've automatically done that, and the rainbow bridge energy also can create an actual bridge. It connects all the different colors of, of the rainbow of each of the chakras, and it creates what could be viewed as an actual bridge, and the bridge is going to be the spokes from each of our individuals. And we have millions, I would say, well, maybe not millions, but certainly tens of thousands of spokes now being created and creating and moving right to the symbolic hub of this wheel. And I see Jim, he just about flew onto that hub. Um, <laughs> he just jumped across the gap. He's also on the rim because he's very much an active part of his own healing. So symbolically, the Jim I see on the wheel is um, the Jim, maybe you could say at the soul level, but it's the soul mind there. But you're also, Jim, on the the rim of the wheel, very much taking part in helping yourself, uh, symbolically helping yourself with this healing. Now, okay. The first thing I see is this tremendous um, alacrity, you know, this enthusiasm, uh, this excitement, because there's a part of you that's pretty, um, it's really strong that you are ready to do this healing. You have been one that has hidden from some of the hurts and wounds, like we all do. We hide from them. We push them aside. We push them under. And we have all these coping styles, all these um, mechanisms that we use to avoid, to to be numb, to be... Uh, to not have to look at that that very painful whatevers that are going on there. And you, you've decided that that whole numbing thing really sucks. It doesn't really do anything. Compressing the and pushing aside whatever it is you're trying to avoid is, is, is not really the answer. Deep down at the soul level, there is that that knowledge and that intent. And I know that you have, um, I'm pretty sure if I recall, that you have gotten sober many years ago now. And this has, you know, helped you with the work that you do with this, the others that are moving into that sober living and trying very hard to move past their um, their addiction patterns. So I know that that has that determination has moved you into that whole process and it's exciting and it's it's definitely an indication to me um, just how strong it is. It isn't easy to give up addiction. That is a very, very um, difficult road and you have been very successful at it and I'm thrilled for you. However, there's another step here. We want to go in and we want to look at what was 
what was being pushed down, what it was that you were trying to be numb from. And I have a sense that you have also been delving into that, trying to understand all of it. And I'm sure that there's been a lot of work on your part to help you discover it and and deal with it. But I want to go to some of the things that maybe you haven't been able to get to yet. I want to go to some of the things that uh, you either haven't gotten to yet or the well is so deep that there's still more to get done. So that's where I'm going to now. And all of a sudden, I just saw your whole demeanor change from this sort of very enthusiastic person jumping onto the hub and really excited. And now you, the sense that's come over you is, okay, now we're getting down to work. This sort of very, you know, um, this word comes to mind, but that very sober attitude, okay, this is serious business. You aren't here to fool around. This is serious business. We want to do the neutralizing. We want to get deep down, (coughs) excuse me, under it. And this tells me, too, that there's going to be a tremendous amount of cooperation. You know, at the soul level, there can be blocks and resistances because that's what we do in the human kingdom. Animals and plants and minerals are an instinctive will. They do not block themselves. The They move through their evolutionary process of increased, of all their changes that they go through cooperatively because it's instinctive. But when we get to the human kingdom, we build up resistance. We build up blocks and uh, all these rationalizations and misunderstandings and misconceptions and fears and everything else to block ourselves. So, um, okay. So, but you're determined. You're very determined. And sometimes when I pick up a block, I do work on it. But right now, I haven't gotten one. I just want to, okay. Now, what you just did is you symbolically, you step back on the hub and you left, it was almost like you gave birth to this giant thing, like a stone, right in front of you. It was like you'd been sitting on that stone, hiding it away. As big as it was, you were doing all you could. You were expending a lot of energy to hide that stone. And it was it was like dragging around um, leg irons. It was so heavy, it took so much effort to hide it away, to push it down, to make it seem like it wasn't there, to present uh, a, a, to, to everyone, including to yourself, because a lot of this is at the unconscious level, maybe most of it is at the unconscious level, this feeling of, oh, well, I'm okay, I'm doing just fine. And so, and we all do that. And, and so what happened was, for, and it, it, this is actually a huge step, you just step back and let it be there for all that it was. You just let everyone see your clay feet, so to speak. You let everyone see what you've been trying to avoid looking at yourself and trying to, to um, have everybody else not see. And this, this is huge, and it's huge. I'm seeing it as this boulder, this just gigantic boulder. And because it's presenting as a boulder, it's, the indication that that is very clear here is that it's been around a long time. It's very entrenched. It comes from many, many past lives. And what it's carrying has been, it's such the norm for you, and it's been in so many lives. It's almost like you carry this, this, this acceptance of it that it can never be any other way. 
that it just is going to be like this. This is my burden. This is my punishment. This is uh, everybody has things that, you know, that we have to burden ourselves with. And that's this is mine. I have to I just have to deal this. I have to grit my teeth and just be the one that deals with it. And as a result, there's a lot of strength that you've built up. You've built up a lot of strength because you've been carrying this huge weight for a long time. But along with that strength is a kind of acceptance that this is normal, that this is the way it's got to be. And so that's where I want to start. And I want you just to, to release into the light. I want you to actively let go and everyone else too, the belief that you have to have it, the belief this is normal, you believe that this is your, your, the monkey on your back you have to carry, you deserve to carry, you, you have, um, it's kind of a self-punishment. And underneath that, if you feel like you deserve self-punishment, underneath that is a belief that there's something wrong, that you've done all these terrible things. And that core of this rock, that is at the core. And that rock has built up over time and gotten bigger and bigger and bigger to the point it's a boulder because the core of I really am not a good person i'm really there's something really wrong with me i deserve you know for all the bad things i've done i did, which are built on misunderstandings mind you that is at the core and it's so hot it's so powerful it's taken layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of build up to keep it from coming to the surface and ah, i just see this fire burning at the center of this rock. It's just this just absolute, it's almost like you've created your own hell, your own hellfire and damnation in there. Oh, oh, oh yuck, yuckola. I'm so excited we got to this because it's no wonder. And, and we all have this kind of thing. I've never seen it exactly like this, but it is huge. Now, okay, 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 okay. Now, all right, first, I want to take a step back and just begin. At f first, we want to start releasing this belief system that nothing else you can do about it, that it is just part of your life, that, you know, you can't tolerate looking at the hellfire and damnation, you can't tolerate facing all that part of yourself that you have condemned long ago and that is still alive and well and keeps getting more and more condemnation as you've gone through different lives and have interpreted your actions as bad as as even in times I see, maybe not this life, but I see that there are even times you thought you were evil I mean, it's really extreme under here. And I can tell you right off the bat, there isn't evil. It's just, it's misunderstanding where you interpreted it, interpreted your actions, thinking that you must be such an evil person that you are, it's unatonable. It's, uh, you're lost. You're, you're so awful that how can you even exist that's how intense it is. And 
um, I want you to begin to release all those belief systems about your your being evil, about your being a bad person. And and as you're releasing them, I want to see if I can start to pick up where some of this came from. Now, um, okay. Okay. Some of this came from some lives in some spiritual environments where the hellfire and damnation type of uh belief system was rife in the in the culture that you were part of. I don't see it as being on this planet, but it isn't like we don't have some similar things here. So as I'm talking, I want you to understand. Now, in those, first of all, you have a tremendous deep inner desire to help your fellow man, to be of service, a very, very deep desire. And so you often moved into a spiritual environment that was present in many of your lifetimes. And in some of your lifetimes, and the one that I'm seeing is probably the perfect storm life, um, and I'm not getting a lot of detail, it is not on this planet, but it's as if you've moved into a very... Uh, intense kind of hellfire and damnation uh, spiritual belief system. But you feeling so, uh, your intention so pure, you had that purity of purpose and sincerity of motive that was so pure, it never occurred to you in a million years that you couldn't be, uh, that you would have any, that you would even begin to do anything or um could possibly be condemned as someone who was doomed or a sinner or anything because you were just carried this purity with you as you moved into that spiritual environment. Now, what I see as you become part of the spiritual environment, I see you becoming more and more disillusioned with it. I see you, the the purity of your intentions did not connect with and did not match with those the spiritual authorities of the day that were really ruling the roof, so to speak. And so, you know, you came in more of the novitiate or something like that, more of the the lower uh, echelon of the spiritual environment. And as you moved up, you began to um, connect with and see much more clearly the um, a lot of what was going on underneath. A lot of it was was um, a lot of the message given out had to do with uh, status and power. You know, keep the masses coming, keep them afraid. You know, that kind of thing. Um, getting more of their tithing and their, you know, giving money and supporting the, the religious environment. I see some of your, your the higher-ups here, um, just covered in jewels you know, rings and things around the neck. I mean, I'm seeing this very, very uh, clear picture as an indicator that as you moved up, you began to see the um, more, the, the, the intentions underneath and you became more and more disillusioned and you began to, um, you began to, Speak out first just a little bit. Then you became actively trying to help those who were condemned, that were that were put, that were uh, imprisoned or whatever. And you worked behind the scenes as almost like a 
like a like a you were rebelling against the system like guerrilla warfare you were but you were in the silence you were doing it behind the back almost like um you know the uh the underground railroad for in the slave trade you were doing things behind the back um but what happened was you were eventually found out you what your efforts and it what ended up was that some of a lot of people there was this massive um retaliation using you as an example massive retaliation and a massive death and there were many killed and you took that on full on and you, the self blame was humongous it was huge and so that you know wasn't the only life i the higher self are giving me the flip book symbol which just indicates that the this was um a major life and there were many like this so there was these situations where you tried to help and you ended up in your mind creating the situation where many died and you took on the the responsibility for their death full on and this was part of this belief system that you were evil and so that belief system that you took on in absolute intense way became like a neon sign and you continued to bring in situations in other lives where it just this belief system that you believed you brought in situations and conditions that validated it and so over time you again over and over and over again took on this sense of responsibility for others and it was not just you know children you were raising and that sort of thing but but literally life and death situations with other people and so the agony that you felt the agony the intense the intense uh feeling of how terrible a person you were um yikes it just grew and grew and grew and it became so excuse me so untenable so difficult so horrific that you moved into the pattern of finding the coping style of how 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 do i deal with it and so that's where you took on you know anything you could do to numb it to distract yourself to keep you self from looking at it and over the lifetimes you've developed many many of these numbing kind of issues this the numbing behavior in this lifetime it was the you know the alcoholism or whatever exactly it was but that doesn't mean that you didn't do other things in other lifetimes i see you actually dying young in a lot of lives because you moved into this self punishment kind of thing again please neutralize all the self punishment all the beliefs that you deserve all the sorrow because what i'm getting now is a lot of lives where you literally worked yourself to death i see you in fields um doing farming kind of things but we're talking extremes here you know extreme heat extreme um you chose situations and conditions for yourself you had lifetimes where literally that's what you did is you came in and you punished yourself because you felt you couldn't atone for all the horror you believed you 
created in lives. And so you came in and you wanted to atone. And so you would throw yourself into lives where this self-punishment was just intense. So I want you to release all of that. And I'm seeing it just, it's releasing and it's you're pulling in energetics from the past and the future now. It's, it's just sucking it in and coming out as if, you know, from you as I'm seeing you on the hub. And it's just releasing this. It's like this huge gusher of need to self-punishment, need to self-punish. Now, okay, so I'm just going to let that continue to go because that is a big pattern. And all the beliefs behind that, that you're a soul unredeemable, unredeemable. And now you have to remember that you also carry the part of you that, that doesn't agree with that, the part of you that is strong, that has um, tried very hard in these lifetimes to do the good thing. You still carry that, but this other is like overpowering. So while we're releasing all of that, we're, the, the birthing energy, that womb energy, that creative life force energy is moving in through and around you. <coughs> Excuse me. And it is empowering the connection with the self, the connection to yourself, your, your pure soul essence, your self-worth, and your self-love. And it's building on that inner connection, that inner strength that will allow you to more freely, um, because we haven't yet actually neutralized the boulder. We're just getting to the point where we can address the boulder. Now, um, so I want this empowering thing is really important so that it will continue to to facilitate and help you to take even more steps forward here. You've already worked on a lot of steps. Um, we're just working on... Oh my gosh, it's just complicated. Okay, there's a lot of issues here. You know how I've described these patterns are like this thicket, this gigantic thicket like around the Sleeping Beauty's castle. That's what our energetic field is, this huge thicket. And so we can work and work and work and we just clear a little part of it. So we're, we want to do more than a little part. We want to get to more of the thicket. And so I want to now... Start to work on the rock itself. Okay, well, first of all, okay, well, what, okay, so what's been happening actually is there's a lot of this releasing that's been going on on the, the, the self-hatred and the belief that you're evil and need to punish. That has been actually reducing the fire, the, the molten lava, so to speak, inside of the boulder. It's starting to actually... Uh, neutralize that and reduce it. And so that's what's, okay, well, I, that makes sense because if that is reduced, it's going to be easier to dissolve the boulder. The boulder, you see, will no longer be necessary. So all of that was really what was inside in, in that, in the heart of the boulder, that whole hellfire and damnation kind of thing and it's really really changed really changed it's more like an ember now um i want to continue to just send uh even though it's a boulder and it's inside the boulder it feels like we can't send light to it but what we're doing is we're we're sending light to all the issues that are carried within that boulder because remember i'm just using symbols so we can't lock down Oh, we can't send light to it. And it is. I, I feel like it's almost as if 
whatever you're doing, you're, it's almost as if somebody threw a bucket of water over the last embers of a fire. And I don't mean to imply that there aren't more issues here, but at least for today, what your soul has come to neutralize and come to heal has, uh, I feel like it's really, you've done a great job. So inside the bowler now is really quiet. There's nothing in there for the, and the bowler's job is no longer necessary. And so what I want to do is I want to, um, I want to bring, to have from this this inside, I want to call in what's coming to mind and um, is, is a crystalline kind of energy. And I want the crystalline energy to be in the center symbolically of the boulder and to start to crystallize the boulder itself. And I see it moving from the inside out. And the sense that I'm getting because that's what the higher selves are indicating for me to do, the sense that I'm getting is it's changing the rock, the hard rock, and it's it's um, changing it into a very beautiful crystalline energy. So the rock itself, the boulder itself, is transforming in this very beautiful way, and it's almost done. It's almost done, and it's just transforming and what I'm seeing it's now done is this crystalline boulder and it's reflecting all of these beautiful colors like crystals can reflect or diamonds can reflect the 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 colors of the rainbow and that's what I'm seeing this beautiful crystalline bowl it's become a crystalline boulder and what's what's happened now is that the what it's saying the symbol is saying, the interpretation that is being indicated to me is that what you have done is you've taken a pattern, multiple patterns, all mishmash together that has that taken so much of your energy over time. You've now transformed it. You have transformed it into this beautiful crystalline structure that is uh, reflecting all aspects of the originating source itself and the crystalline so it's showing me that the energies that you've expended over all of these lives to and that have created the bowler that those energies in fact they weren't wasted because now it's transformed you know we can't get rid of energy we can only transform it and make it harmless and that's exactly what you did you you transformed that bowler into this beautiful crystalline uh beautiful crystalline it's just an incredible structure but being energetic it's not solid it's an energy it's a it's an it's an image um but it's as if it could go into a museum it's so beautiful now i want to see if the higher selves have some indication here of what to where we're going with the boulder wait a minute just give me a secky decky here Um, okay, what they did was that they changed the boulder into a more um, kind of energetic field because the, 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 the crystalline boulder 
the image was too solid and it would it's not it wasn't going to work for the next thing they want done with it so they they changed it into a very beautiful energetic kind of field multicolored just a kind of flowing and uh reflecting just this beautiful energy field and they the indication that i'm getting is that they want you to simply walk right into the center of this field and to feel the the transformation that you have created and the energies that are here, they're all divine in nature. They're all part of you, but you've transformed that boulder into these beautiful, crystalline, uh, reflective, um, carrying all these divine energies. And they are becoming one with you. There's an amalgamation here, and it's reinforcing all of that internal pure soul essence, uh, purity and perfection and potent power, not power in the negative sense, but power in all the positive sense that the um, the divinity, the power of the divinity, the power of all that originating source was, is, and is becoming. It's becoming, it's, it's drawing into you and I see now you're pulsing as part of what's becoming. You're pulsing with these multiple energies that are um, now part of you and, and all the best ways that you've transformed this thing you've been carrying for so long. And now it's, it's just this gorgeous thing. And I see it moving through, in through and around the totality of the whole forever now moment. It's bathing. You're bathing yourself at the totality of your soul process in this. Now, okay, we never talked about the kidney, but I'm not, I don't want to end the healing without focusing in on the kidney. My sense of it is that this was playing out through the kidney. And so what I want to do is I want to... I'm seeing you step aside, and symbolically, I'm watch. I'm seeing that kidney that was removed and all of what it, what it was carrying. Okay, and I'm seeing it as if it's a a living thing sitting on the the platform, and you're there. Of course, it's not part of you anymore, but it is still part of you. It still carries. Um, Symbolically, anyway, it still carries, it's still showing, at least it's coming forward to show me uh, what the issues were. And I want to see now that we have done, okay, now that you have done the healing, I'm watching the kidney itself transform. It is uh, that, that, um, that growth is shrinking and the kidney is moving into a state of health. Now, of course, it's not doing that in real life because you no longer have it. But it is showing me symbolically that you have been addressing the issues with the kidney, even though absolutely nothing came up related to the kidney. Now, I want to just see, I want to find out if there's any particular reason why, oh, this is interesting, why it was the kidney that it played, these issues played out. And and here's why. Oh, my goodness. I 
I don't know how to turn the thing off. My phone just hanging up. <laughs> okay. Um, this is why it played out in the kidney, because it wasn't life-threatening. You have two kidneys. It brought you, so brought you an opportunity to pay attention, to delve into healing this pattern that's been so problematic for you. It allowed you to do it without killing you off. Okay? It gave you an opportunity because you have a second kidney. And so that's why it chose the kidney, because this wasn't about life and death. Now, if you hadn't paid attention and started doing this work, chances are you, it, you know, it might have metastasized, or if it did metastasize, anything you do on anything metastasized would necessarily not work. You might still have a metastasis. I'm not saying you won't, but the, the, the reason was, the kidney, you have two. So this was you at the soul level saying, this is a gigantic opportunity for you without killing you off. And you took that, you took the opportunity. Of course, you got the impress from your soul to keep delving, keep looking, keep working on what brought this in. And you had the concept that it was you. You, you knew it was you doing it. And so that's, so exciting to me. So I want to just go in, even though I know it took the kidney, I want to go in and I want to work also on the fear of death. I want you to begin to, re to release the fear that, oh my God, what if it could kill me? It's the big C, you know, all those kind of things that we've heard from people around us. We've read, we've seen the TV shows. You know, these are common responses that people have. And we would carry them not only just from hearing other people have them, but from other lives. So I want you to, to release all the fears, all the, any belief that, that we carry old. You know, we may not believe it now. We see a lot of people being cured from cancer. So you may not actually consciously carry the belief now. But you've seen many other people, once they get a disease, no theory of disease, no germ theory of disease in most of our lives, and they die. So we have this kind of doom and gloom thing often uh, we carry from other lives. So I want you to release all that doom and gloom, all that just accepting, you know, well, this is our time to go, okay? So I want you to let go of all of that and just let that go, just flow it out all the beliefs, all the the locking into, well, if I get sick, that means it's my time. You know, if I get sick, it's just my, I have to be. There's nothing I can do about it. I want you to release that doomed, the fate feeling that um, this is God's decision and I'm going to go. This is what God has given me and, you know, all of that kind of thing, which We've all taken on some from this life, some most from past lives, and I want all of that to go. And, oh, my God, there's a lot coming out now from the heart center. I really am feeling some intense pain, really intense pain. Um, what is this all about? I'm not sure. It's almost, and it's moving up into the throat. It's almost like this choking you off. 
it's very intense at the heart level, and I really, I'm not getting yet exactly what its origins are, but I want you to just let it go, and everybody else, the pain, because there's a lot of suffering in these lives, and a lot of heartache, a lot of heartache. You see people you're trying to help die, not only did you take on self-blame, take full responsibility when it really, truly wasn't your fault, but the pain of it, the emotional agony, the grief. These are people you knew that you cared about or you came to care about. And so there's all this pain. So I want you to just let that pain go. Please just release it, release it, release it. And I want the that the energetics, that, that crystalline energy to now resonate and activate all the divine love, the divine serenity, the divine um, calm, the divine, the divine love, and the divine forgiveness. We need to bring that in, the divine forgiveness, so that you can move from this place and, and move to a place of forgiveness. And also, we need divine clarity of vision and expanded understanding to help you see from the higher levels that it is not, you're not to blame. You aren't this horrible, bad, evil person. And to really move into accepting you for the purity and perfection of who you are, loving yourself, forgiving yourself, all of that. All of that. So, okay. I feel some good release on the pain here. Letting that go. It's just moving into the light. It's being neutralized. It's being everything that we, we release gets gets absorbed into our light, so it can't go and bother anybody else. So we just I just see it now flowing out. There's a some some things coming to your mind, like you mean really I have a say? I really have a say because there's so many lives where you were so, as we all were, so locked into, it was God's will that was affecting what happened to us. This is a very common belief system. It's um, on the planet now, and it's certainly been in the planet, this planet itself, and it's part of our, many of our sojourns, where it is absolutely, we take on the belief system that we don't have any say that we don't, we can't change our lives, that we can't affect the outcome. It's very different now on this planet. We're moving very strongly in from many different directions that we are, we do have choice. We can help ourselves. We are the directing identity. And there's more and more understanding that even though uh, that it's our, at the soul level that we have the free will choice and that the divine will cannot do it to us. It can't trespass. So more and more people are getting this. And and so you're like, but you've had such a long-term exposure to that idea that you have no choice, that what's coming up now is like, what? Really? Really? And And so I want that sort of disbelief. How could it be true? You believed this for so many lives that you didn't have a choice. How can I now have a choice? What? What? <laughs> so that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm feeling. 
And so I want you to let go of all of those beliefs. There is a resistance here to letting some of that go because it's been so prevalent in so many ways, shapes, and forms over the the eons. And it's not only the external God or whatever was in the spiritual system. There were also many societies where you had no say over your life. You know, if you're a, um, playing out of the... Um, the, the caste system that they used to have in India, and you were an untouchable, there was no way, you know, for a long time, millennia probably, that there was any way that untouchables could move out of that caste. And you've, we've had lives, all sorts of lives, where, you know, it's been dominant by one sector or one part of the society, and the rest of the society has no say. So it doesn't come just from the spiritual external authorities. It comes from many different types of external authorities. And so this is a lot of what we have to release. All of us have to release this belief that we don't have any say, that we can't change our outer reality. Those are very heavy lenses, heavy. They're like carpets over our eyes, you know, carpets, just huge, uh, entrenched beliefs that we see uh, everything through, even if it's not, even if we believe very strongly in this life that we, of course, we're responsible, of course, we have say, but what we're not addressing is all those other lives where we did not believe that, and that's what I want everyone to let go of. I want everyone to let go of all those belief systems that we don't have any say you too, Jim, because that's what's coming up for you. And, all right, let me just focus back in. And you're beginning to kind of, I would say, move into the flow of saying, okay, let me try this on. You don't, it's kind of like being an agnostic. You don't fully believe it yet, but you're not disbelieving it. You're allowing yourself to see how this new thing feels, to see how it moves to see how it flows and so um, that's a good news and with that the higher selves are indicating that you've that the healing is over they're they're um, making the forever now moment fold in as they do and so we're now still standing in the now moment and they're and they're putting around you this very um, beautiful cocoon of energy to help you acclimate to help you process um, the all the healing that was happening today and the we didn't work specifically on on the recovery process and all of that i don't know if you have to have any um, chemo or whether you have to have any radiation or anything i don't know what they're going to decide for you Maybe nothing, but it's going to help for sure. It's taken out that burning hellfire kind of stuff that was um, trying to get your attention. And so that is gone. So I'm not sure about exactly how it's going to play out in your real life. My hope is that the process is not too horrible and that, you know, you're going to move through this and pass this 
fairly easily and quickly. Again, I do really encourage you to continue to listen, to continue to get to the deeper layers. As I said, because I handle only certain things, you know, pause it and release whatever else you might um, you might want to um, that comes up for you, and you might want to work on. So, whew, with that, the healing is is done. I'm just checking around the rim, and there's nothing being brought to my attention. So my my sense is that that everything went well for every for everyone. That everyone, and I do feel that there was a lot of release and a lot of help that was given for people. So that's the good news. Um, even though I still feel resistance from people, well, if somebody is not healing me directly, how can I get help? And I understand that resistance. I understand that question. I just know for several years, very little healing was ever done on me other than what I did on myself. And I was part of groups where we took turns who we were working on. And I could see shifts in my own life when we're working on somebody else with a certain issue. So I started releasing the issue and I got a shift in my life. So I just from experience can say, I understand the question. Um, Don't worry if you have the question. It doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you. Remember, this isn't about belief or disbelief. The, The whole, everything is happening, um, the divine energies have moved in. If you're in the amalgamated state, your soul really is in charge, guys. So even at the mind level, we're sort of, what, what, what? If the soul wants the healing, it's going to take it. And so, yes, there's been a lot of good work done by a lot of people today, and I'm feeling really good about it. Okay, so that's so that's that. Uh, I want to, again, thank Jim uh, and all of you that tune in and remind you to keep listening and keep releasing. And you may not feel anything, and that's okay too. I'm sure I've shared with you many times how I was the dunce at the back of the class. I never got anything. I didn't see anything. I could hardly imagine anything. But my life just kept changing. So I realized, and just from experience, I came to understand you don't have to feel anything. You don't even have to understand I think I've told you that I worked on someone who didn't, two people that don't even speak English. And one of those people, she speaks a tiny bit of English, but she's, you know, wouldn't understand all this vocabulary. She, you know, all of her despair and her depression lifted. And now she walks around saying, I am my pure soul essence every day. And she's just shifted and changed her whole emotional demeanor. So it doesn't have to be understanding either. It's just the the energy moves in once we invite it in and it goes to work because we've given it permission. So anyway, again, thank you so much. Love the show as always. Love each and every one of you. I hope to be sharing again with you all next week. Uh, again, let me give you my email. You can write me with anything. It's Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Please, 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 please check out my website. Um, there's a lot of stuff on the website, including all the archive shows. There's a lot of stuff. And, you know, sign up, follow me, like me, <laughs> um, comment, 
anything. I don't know. I, I'm part of all these social media, and I'm working on getting more stuff out there, and I will be doing that over the next few weeks. So please, I, I encourage you to just follow it up. But if you do nothing more than listening to just the healing portions of the show, it is going to really help you change your life. If you actively start doing it yourself, it will change it quicker. But we're all busy. We all have different reasons why we may not actively do it ourselves. But you have this tool free for you, the shows, to to listen and to help. And I would say if you listen to it consistently once a week, 52 weeks, twice a week, 104 times, by within six months to a year, you are going to notice a massive change in your life. It's really going to make a difference. And it's exciting because it's going to make a difference. I mean, it's great. So anyway, I can't be more enthusiastic and more encouraging. Anyway, I mean... I'm giving it all I've got (laughs) because I don't want to force it down anyone's throat. I don't want to say you have to, you should. You know, if you're into something else, well, you know, these won't be, but there are other things too that can help you. So, of course, um, that's the good news. There's a lot out there. It doesn't have to be mine. Mine works very well in, in, you know, in congruently with other things. It supplements other things that everybody does. We can do that shotgun approach. It's not about, oh, you have to do mine and only mine. It's not about that. And so I've been so careful over the years not to be too overly pushy about doing this work on a regular basis. And and that's what just occurred to me. I'm so busy not saying anything just because I don't want people to interpret it that I think, I'm the only one and all of that, that I haven't been clear enough about the help that you can really get. So that's it. So I thank everyone. Have a wonderful week. And I will see you or, quote, unquote, see you again next week. Okay. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.